0: Even with an introduction like that I still would like to say good morning church And it is an absolute joy One that I can't fully express uh, And an honor to be here with all of you I must admit it is also extremely humbling To be able to open up before you God's word And to be able to have the opportunity to preach to you In this place Because when I look out I see the very pews that I used to sit in as an enemy of God. I sat in those pews for a long time, dead in my sin, being ruled by my flesh and various passions. Consumed with the things of this world, I was hostile towards God. I was unwilling and unable to submit to his law. I sat in those pews with a hard heart and I know that I had deserved to die in my sins and God would have had every right to have crushed me and sentenced me to a life in hell but praise be to God that he has shown forth the light of his glory praise be to God that he has put forth for us the testimony of his son has put on display His abundant mercy and by His Spirit has allowed us to believe, to truly hear the good news of the gospel, the testimony by which we who believe are being saved. And this testimony is that while we were still yet sinners, still weak and deserving to die in our sins, to be sentenced to an eternal life in hell, Christ came and died for us. Upon that cross, he took our place, the punishment that we deserve, so that through faith we could be forgiven and made perfect in the sight of the Father. And by faith we shall be graciously presented to God on that final day, holy and blameless, without spot and without blemish. And as we await that day, we must also remember that through faith in Christ, our hard hearts have been removed. They have been replaced with a heart of flesh. And by God's grace, we have been given new hearts, hearts that should love Christ because he first loved us, new hearts that should delight in doing his will and not our own. For when by faith we trust in the Messiah slain for us, this truth takes away the hostility from within us. It melts away the resistance to our king, The gospel of God is the only thing that can remove the hostility that is within towards God and his commands. For before Christ, we were of the flesh. And as Romans chapter 8 says, we could not and we would not submit to his laws. But praise be to God that we who have believed upon Christ are not of the flesh. But through faith in Christ, we are born of the Spirit. And we who believe have been set free from the bondage of sin. And we shall live according to the Spirit and set our minds on the things of the Spirit. We shall live out our days in faith, doing what is right by seeking to live for him and not for our sinful passions. For us to live for this world and and only ourselves and for our sinful desires would be to set our minds on the things of the flesh. And to set our minds on the things of the flesh is death. But to set the mind on the Spirit is life and peace. For all who have the Spirit of God belong to God and have God as their Father. And those who are full of His Spirit, we also must remember that we are new creations. Created in Christ Jesus for good works. We were made to bear much fruit and bring much glory to the Father. We were redeemed and recreated to praise him and honor him in all that we say and all that we do and all that we think. We are to be mindful of God and exercise faith. For by faith we please God when we take him at his word and we do what we do for him. And if all of these things that I've already mentioned in such a short amount of time have not stirred your hearts to serve him faithfully all of your days, we must also remember that through faith in Christ, we have become the very temple of God, the very place where the living God has put his spirit to dwell. For the time of reformation has come, just as Christ said it would. We shall no longer worship on this mountain or on this mountain. But we will be worshipers of spirit and truth. Indwelled by the Holy Spirit of God. We as God's people, we carry his spirit wherever we go. Wherever we are, we are to be vessels that are to shine forth the light of his glory in all we do. And even more, the Lord's spirit resides within us as a seal, an eternal seal promise a promise that he will never leave us nor forsake us a seal that he will for sure bring us home one day and when we all shall be around his throne people from every tribe tongue and language worshiping the lamb who was slain we shall rejoice for we shall be in the presence of God forever brothers and sisters, just in case any of you need reminding, it is truly a glorious thing to belong to Christ. And I hope and pray that we all who believe in Christ realize that we have so much to be thankful for and so many things in Christ to be filled with joy for. We have so much to take hold of in Christ. And even after everything I have said in this short amount of time, I have only but scratched the surface of the glories of God and what it means to live for him. Which only proves one point, that there truly is no life like the life that Christ has called us to in him. And so as I stand here today, it is my heart as if you couldn't already tell that every single one of you would not only strive to trust Christ as your Savior, but that every single one of you would be consumed with the desire to follow him as your Lord. It is my prayer that all of you would truly live the rest of your life cherishing him more than anything else this life could ever offer you. And that all of you would be bold and willing to follow him no matter where he might lead you. And that all of you would live out your faith in such a way that if anything were to ever contend with your obedience to Christ or ever contend with your affections for Christ, that those things would be considered expendable in your mind, and that they would be viewed as rubbish compared to the surpassing worth of just simply knowing Christ and living your life to make him known. And so with all of this being said, will you please turn with me to the Gospel of Luke? We will be looking at chapter 9, verses 23 to 26, with a focus on 23. And as you turn there, I would like to let you all know that we will be looking at Christ's call to all people who would desire to follow him. We will unpack his call to deny yourself, to pick up your cross daily and follow him. And then when we will close, I will close with three encouragements that should help us be intentional intentional about answering this call to follow Christ. So once again, we're in Luke chapter 9, and I'll read verses 23 to 26. And it reads, And he said to all, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. For what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses or forfeits himself? For whoever is ashamed of me and of my words, of him the Son of Man will be ashamed when he comes in his glory and the glory of the Father and of the angels. This is the word of the Lord. Now before we begin looking at Christ's call to all who would desire to follow him, I cannot assume and just move forward and think that all of you actually do desire to follow him. Like I mentioned earlier, I sat in those pews from my earliest memories all the way up to the senior year of high school, Sunday after Sunday, hearing the faithful preaching of God's word and yet dead in my sins. All those years I played games with God and did not fear him. And though I'm thankful for his grace and the way in which he has worked in my life, I grieve those days that I did not take the Lord seriously. I had no reverence for him or his word. And as much as I hope that you all desire to follow Christ and that all of you actually want to take your walk with Christ seriously, I must address any of you here today who are without desire for Christ, any of you who do not fear the Lord as you ought to, Maybe you're here today because you only feel like you have to. Maybe you're here today because you just wanted to please somebody. Or maybe you're here only because you've been forced to by your parents. No matter the case, if you are here today without Christ and without a desire to follow Him, you are in grave danger. You are closer than you think to losing your soul. For one thing we all must grasp in this room is that whether it's 20 years or 80 years, our life is like a mist. It is here for a moment and it's gone the next. None of us here know when we will die. None of us know when the moment will be that we will stand before God. And for those of you who have no desire to know Christ, And have no desire to trust Christ and follow him with your life. You do not know how much longer it will be for you until it's too late. For if you die without Christ, without love for him in your heart, you will perish. And spend an eternity in hell separated from the God that loves you. Away from the presence of the one who made you and offers his son For the forgiveness of your sins. So please hear me now. Shake off the scales from your eyes and by faith believe and desire Christ. See your sin and lack of desire for Christ as a death sentence and repent. Turn to Him and cry out, for that is your only hope. For there is nothing that you can do to save yourself no good deeds, no right words. The one in whom you've sinned against is the only one who can save you. He is the only one who can forgive you and make you new. So cry out in your heart and pray. Pray and ask the Lord to have mercy on you. Plead that he would open up your eyes to the glory of Christ. Pray that he would cause you to, by faith, cling to the cross and trust in Christ alone for the forgiveness of your sins. Trust in Christ for your salvation. And if you do, to you this promise is made that all who call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. So please, do not allow your apathy to lead you to hell. Get off the fence. There is no in-between when it comes to following Christ. It's either you're in or you're not. You either desire him or you don't. And so this is my warning flee from the wrath that is to come for on that day it will be too late and may you may treat christ as no big deal now but you will not when he comes on the clouds in a flame of fire to inflict vengeance on those who do not know god and those who do not obey the gospel repent and believe trust christ and you will be saved believe upon the one who rose from the dead proving to be the Messiah for all time proving that all who trust in him will never be put to shame. And so now we have come to this part of the sermon where I really want to encourage all of you who have believed, all of you who have trusted in Christ. This is where I want to build you up and encourage you. To encourage all of you to desire to follow Christ more and more. For if you trust Christ and you have this desire to follow him at all, then you are blessed. For none can come to Christ lest the Father draws him. So rejoice if you love Christ. For you would not love him if he did not first love you. And so let's begin to unpack his call. So Christ's call for anyone who desires to follow him, they must deny himself and pick up his cross daily and follow him now the first point that i would like to make from this passage is that this call to deny oneself is not as much a call to forsake things as much as it is a call to forsake self will now don't get me wrong the cares of this world and the love of this world and the love of things is a very dangerous thing Christ says it has the the capacity to choke out the life that is within you, that many have gone astray after the love of the world. For you cannot love God and the world at the same time. But I'd like to say it again and make it very clear that I believe Christ's call to deny yourself and to pick up your cross is less about forsaking things as much as it is about forsaking self-will. And the reason I say this is because there is this false anti-gospel view on life that in order to really follow Christ, it means you can't wear nice shoes, or you can't wear nice clothes, or you have to deny yourself of anything that would be considered good or pleasurable at all. This view that can that can't do it that you can't do anything that would be remotely enjoyable or beneficial to you. Right? Just as an extreme example, think about a monk. They think that in order for them to truly deny themselves, they have to isolate themselves from the joys of family and friends and society. Sleep on hardwood beds so that they're not comfortable. But this is not what denying ourselves actually looks like. It's actually the opposite of what what Christ calls us to. Right? Take the example of isolating yourself. We were made to have relationships. And we were called to witness for Christ to make disciples. And so to have this mindset that if we do anything for ourselves that feels good or is comfortable, that we're in sin and not denying ourselves the way that Christ would want for us, then that's not, that's, that's not answering this call faithfully. But we also have to be very careful, too, right? That we're not falling into a legalistic view of applying this passage of Scripture, right? How many times have we been quick to be like, Do you see what kind of car that person drives? I don't know if they're really a disciple. you see what kind of house they live in? I don't know, maybe they're a little little too worried about how comfortable they are. Listen, I know some people who are very well off who love Christ and they live their lives for His glory and they set their hearts on making disciples for Christ. And I also know some people who are seemingly humble and modest and yet despise anything to do with following Christ faithfully and obediently, right? And this is why I believe that this call is much more about forsaking self-will more than it is about forsaking things. And what I mean by this, when I say forsaking self-will, what I'm saying is the one who truly denies himself to follow Christ is the one who no longer views their lives as their own to be lived however they see fit to live it. Another, another way of looking at it is the one who denies himself daily is the one who wakes up and reminds himself that he was bought with a price and that his life is no longer his own, but that he was bought with the precious blood of Christ. The one who, who decides to, to no longer follow their own passions and their own desires, but to faithfully follow Christ. Christ. And so this call to deny yourself and to pick up your cross is really to stop trying to build your own kingdom, consumed with you and all of your wants and desires, but live for God and his kingdom. And so for us who desire to follow him, we have to realize that he is calling us to live our lives fully devoted to him and his word. He is calling us to be true disciples And that first starts with trusting him alone for salvation. No one who thinks that they can save themselves or do enough to be saved has truly died to self. The first and most important part of this call is trusting in him alone to save you. And the second is also like the first. Someone who truly denies himself and picks up his cross daily is someone who daily battles the flesh. Someone who seeks to fight against the sin that is in your life daily repents and turns from sin. For if one claims to know Christ and yet does not live a life of repentance and does not battle against sin, does not truly know Christ. But once we have put our faith and trust in Christ to save us and we have repented and entered into this life of spiritual warfare, of battling against sin, we have to realize that Christ's call is for us to imitate him in our lives to speak how he spoke to think how he thought and to do as he did to treat others as he did to care for the lost as he did he is calling us to forsake being wise in our own eyes and living heart, wholeheartedly submitted to his word as our ultimate authority that is what he's calling us to he is calling us to be more concerned with making his name great instead of our own For us to be living for his will and not our own. And so let me ask a question that I hope will help all of us take this more seriously. How many of us have truly stopped and prayed and asked God, Lord, am I doing what I'm supposed to be doing with my life? Am I concerning myself with your kingdom and your desires? Or am I only seeking to live the life that I want to live? Am I only concerned with my personal desires and goals? Have we stopped and asked, Lord, am I honoring you with the gifts you have given me? Now this may be bold to say, but I do believe it is true. To not seek first the kingdom of God would be in direct opposition to God and his will. Once again, To not be living for God's kingdom means you are living for your own. And if you are living for your own, then you are not living for his. And if you claim to be a believer, that's a problem. Now, in saying these things, brothers and sisters, it is my deepest desire to call you all to a heart posture of total submission to Christ. Complete submission to his will and the advancing of his kingdom. And at this point, some of you may ask, well, what does that mean that I'd be living for God's kingdom and not my own? Well, let me ask all of you. Are you concerned with the Great Commission? Are you concerned with the advancement of the gospel as much as Christ is? Are you concerned with being discipled and making disciples as much as Christ desires you to be? Are you concerning yourself with all that Christ commanded Are you with open hands saying, God, my finances are yours? Lord, help me honor you with how I use my money. Because remember this Christ said, Your heart will be where your treasure is. So, how does the way you spend your money reveal where your treasure is, where your focus is, and what kingdom you're living for? Brothers and sisters, is our treasure in heaven? Or is, our, or is our heart set on making much of, is our heart set on making much of Christ and making him known to the lost world around us? Are we sold out for being and making disciples like Christ has called us to be? If not, we must deny ourselves and pick up our crosses. And we don't just pick it up once, right? We don't just pick it up on Sunday. We are to die to self and pick up our cross daily. We are to die to self and whatever dream it is that is keeping you from living for the kingdom of God. We all must plea and ask God to give us an undying desire to know him and to truly live for him and to make him known. Asking him for eyes to see and ears to hear whatever it is that he would have for us each and every day. Praying and asking God for the boldness that we need daily to answer the call to follow him. Praying that we would have eyes like Christ and see the greatest need of every person around us. As, a, as them needing a desperate need for Christ. But when was the last time you asked Christ to, to help you with these things? When was the last time you prayed about your witness and your evangelism to others? When was the last time that you plead with someone to trust Christ? Brothers and sisters, we must be compelled by the gospel to share Christ with others. To be filled with the passion of extending the kingdom through evangelism and discipleship. We got to open up our homes, invite people in, pray with them, share with them. Care for them. Love your neighbor, right? Just as Pastor Tim was encouraging all of us, we have to be intentional about loving those around us if we are to show them the love of Christ and to be faithful followers of Christ. So brothers and sisters, pray and ask the Father to help you deny yourself, to pick up your cross daily and follow Christ. Ask the Lord that by his grace you would be sold out for him. That when people see you, they see Christ. That when people hear you, they hear Christ. And as we leave here today, may we remember that if we desire to follow Christ, may we answer the call to deny ourselves and pick up our cross daily and follow him. So in closing, I would like to share three encouragements. Encouragements that should help us be intentional about denying ourselves and picking up our cross daily to follow Christ. The first encouragement is to be intentional about reading God's word. Now, I know this seems simple, and it seems extremely obvious, but too often we do not prioritize time with God and his word. We all make so much time for so many things, but one thing we are quick to neglect is God's word. And when we neglect God's word, we make ourselves vulnerable and susceptible to the world, the flesh, and the devil. As God's people, we must saturate ourselves with God's word. For Christ said, Man shall not live on bread alone, but that we shall live on every word that is from the mouth of God. And as he also said, If we hold to his teachings, if we know and trust and believe his words, we shall know the truth, and the truth shall set us free. And so, yes, we must read God's word. But don't just read it, believe it. And so with this first encouragement, I have a a fun little mental picture that I would like to invite all of you to participate in. So everybody take your copy of God's Word, if you have it with you today, which I hope you do. So go ahead, grab God's Word. It might seem silly, but hold it over your head like this. All right, so when you see this right here, the point that I'm trying to prove is that we must live under the word of God as our ultimate authority. For when we live under the word of God, we're living under his protection, underneath his understanding and his wisdom, saying, Lord, I'm not the king of my life, you are. I'm not the one who makes the rules, you are. Lord, my life is yours lead me and guide me according to your word. That is what I desire for all of you, to pick up your cross, to deny yourself daily by living underneath the authority of God's word and taking him at his word and living a life of faith and walking according to his word. But now moving on to my second encouragement, which is to be intentional about discipleship. Now, when I say discipleship, many of you have one picture in mind, and maybe some of you have a bunch of other pictures in mind, right? Some of you think discipleship means you can only do it by sitting at a coffee shop with an open Bible and a cup of coffee with one person. It's just got to be one-on-one. That's it. And then maybe some of you think of discipleship as all of the planned and scheduled ministry times at the church. Well, certainly these are ways that we do disciple. Discipleship does happen in these ways. But discipleship is meant to be lived life on life. If we gather together on a Sunday morning and then yet leave from here not, not concerned with one another growing in the faith, not concerned with one another battling sin, and not concerned with helping one another, praying for one another, encouraging one another, helping one another, then there, we're missing out on what it means to be a faithful follower of Christ. We, we as believers must be intentional about discipleship, and discipleship is life on life. Invite people into your home. Invite people to run to the store. I, I think of when I was growing up in the faith and, and learning what it meant to follow Christ, Tim would just call me and say, hey, I'm running to the hospital to do a hospital visit. Come with me. And I tell you right now that the Lord used those times significantly in my life So if you are a mature believer in Christ, be thinking intentionally about how you can invite believers into your life. Be intentional about thinking how can you bring them alongside of you as you grow in Christ so that they can learn from you what it means to follow Christ and to honor him so that they can then turn around and be like, how can I invest in a believer, right? We as believers must be intentional about discipleship because that is what Christ has called us to do. Christ didn't just say go and evangelize, just go tell people about Jesus, slap a sticker on them saying evangelize and go to the next person. He said, no, share Christ, but be intentional with that person. Know that person. Help them grow. And then the third encouragement rolls right out of the second. Be faithful to share Christ. If you really believe the gospel, then you should also really believe that it's the greatest need of every person around you. We're so quick to tell people, do this, do that for your health, do this, make sure to have this regiment, do all of these things, but how quick are we to tell them about Christ? yeah, you could have the best diet in the world and you could have the best exercise regimen, but are you ready to stand before God? We must be faithful ambassadors of Christ. We must fulfill the great commission by going and preaching Christ to others. And I know that this can be scary and I know that this can be hard for a lot of people, but I promise you it's worth it. And if it's any encouragement, I've also stood before people before so afraid that I actually ended up not sharing Christ and walking away, and I regretted it. Because what was I afraid of? Telling them the only thing that could save them? Or being more concerned with what they were going to think of me if I said something? Right? Be bold. And I know we didn't cover it, but think of those verses we read. Christ said, if you're ashamed of him and his words... He will be ashamed of you on the final day. That's a scary thing to think about. But for us who believe, let that encourage us to be bold for Christ. Don't be afraid. Trust him. His spirit is within you. Be bold for Christ and fulfill what he's called you to do. And so as we close, I just want to encourage all of you to forsake self Lose your life for the sake of gaining it in Christ. Don't live for your kingdom. Live for the kingdom of God. Be intentional about reading and knowing God's word. Be intentional about discipling people in your life and being discipled. And thirdly, be intentional about sharing Christ with others. Think of people in your family who don't know Christ. Do you desire them to spend an eternity in hell? I don't think you do. I hope you don't. Right? Share Christ. For we must deny ourselves and pick up our cross and daily follow Christ. Let us pray. Well, dear Heavenly Father, I just come before you and I pray in the name of Christ that every single one of us would answer this call to follow Christ faithfully with our lives. Lord, that we would take this passage and take it seriously knowing that there's nothing in this life worth going after just for the sake of losing our soul in the end that Christ alone is true life that Christ alone is our salvation and that if we are desire if our desire is to follow him that we would deny ourselves and pick up our cross And Lord, I know that there's so much to learn and there's so many ways in which this actually fleshes out and and ways in which we could not cover this morning, but I trust that as your spirit resides in your people and as they are in your word and amongst other believers trying to grow that by your grace and your mercy, you will lead them and guide them according to your spirit, that you will convict them of sin and righteousness and show them the way in which they ought to go. And so, Father God, I pray that if there is anyone here today who does not take you seriously and does not fear you, that you would convict them of their sin and their need for Christ and that they would repent and believe. But I also pray for every believer in here, Lord, that they would be encouraged and built up and ready to spend the rest of their lives serving you and your kingdom and never living for their own, knowing that it is more satisfying to follow you faithfully than it is to gratify the desires of the flesh. So, Father, be glorified in all we do, be glorified always and forever, and may your name and your glory spread throughout all the earth. We pray these things, Father, in Jesus' name, amen.